This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining me for our 8am shows. The Arsenal News Show, of course. Uh, I hope you've had a good week. You've made it to Friday. Congratulations. As always, uh, the end of the week is always nicer, isn't it? Um, And we get closer, of course, to Arsenal's return in a non-competitive sense. We'll be playing a few uh, friendlies. In fact, I believe that Arsenal have got a friendly early next week against Watford, uh, which hopefully we'll be able to bring some updates as to how the players are going to react to there not being any serious uh, kind of competitive football going on. But looking forward to getting the responses to that and seeing how some of the players have um, enjoyed their small breaks, I suppose, uh, whilst the other players, of course, have been away at the World Cup. But good morning to people joining us in the chat. Good morning to Paul, Matt G, James, Red Star, Cole. Good morning to Olu and King and Aiden. Good morning to Stephen, Runs with Cows, Martin, Yomi. Uh, good morning to Viraj, Amira, Robin, Harvey, Jose, and Dave, and Mike in Perth and Lynn. Good morning to everybody else as well joining us in the chat box as well. Hope you're good. Hope you are well. Uh, let's kick on with our first story of the day. Of course, I should tell you the link in the description will take you to our daily World Cup Arsenal Transfer Watch article looking back at the performances Yesterday in the World Cup of players that have been linked to Arsenal, like Milinkovic, Savic, Ruben Neves, Facundo Torres, who of course uh, has been linked from Orlando City, uh, and and plenty more too. So make sure you go and give the article in today's video description a read after today's video. Uh, Arsenal ladies drew 1-1 in Turin against Juventus. They went 1-0 down before Vivian Miedemar scored and really needed to, I have to say, because with Beth Mead out and Arsenal suffering a number of injuries, even Leah Williamson uh, out as well, uh, Miedemar having not played too much, unfortunately, uh, in the last few weeks or so, uh, unfortunately has, has been unable to play. She's been back and getting involved in the game, which is fantastic, and scoring two, handing Arsenal a solid point. Remember, Arsenal absolutely smashed 
a very, very good Leon side uh, a couple of weeks ago. So it was important that they managed to get a good result in Turin, and they did. They avoided defeat, and hopefully without Beth Mead, they can still push through and qualify from the group. They have to play Barcelona at home, of course, and that's still to come. But fingers crossed, some positive results are to come from the women's team in the Champions League, following on from this very, very good result indeed. Uh, Santi comes to town for Olivier Giroud. I had to include this story because it's just nostalgic and I just I just kind of like it. Uh, <laughs> Santi Gazzola meeting Olivier Giroud in Qatar. Of course, Santi's team does play in Qatar, hence why he's there and around most of the games. Maybe we'll have to see if uh, Santi is uh, going to meet up with more of his former or current uh, teammates. I say current in regards to the current Arsenal team, but we'll have to see if uh, Santi's going through kind of a sticker book of former colleagues of his that are at the World Cup, checking off Olivier Giroud from the list. Let's see if he finds any more throughout the tournament. Uh, moving forwards, uh, Granite Xhaka's Switzerland beat Cameroon, uh, the Swiss midfielder, was very good on the day, produced what we expect from him, got very far forward. Uh, you may have seen him if you watched the game popping up in the Cameroon box for quite a lot of the fixture. Uh, he needs to continue to do this because Switzerland's attacking options, you have to say, aren't the best. They've still got Jordan Shakiri. I wasn't that impressed by the Vargas um, on the other side. And Xhaka, I think, is going to be a valuable asset going forwards. Brulen Bolo, of course, leading the line for Switzerland. Uh, and Dennis Zakaria not starting currently. It's Roman Freuler and Xhaka playing in the middle. Uh, so, as well, uh, playing in the middle too. But they don't have the most attacking options in the world. And I think that they need to take... Um, I think they need to use Xhaka uh, in a more advanced role, effectively, and, and use what he's been doing for Arsenal. Uh, Martinelli makes the World Cup debut uh, against Serbia in their win. Gabriel Jesus also got on the field of play as well. Fantastic to see Gabriel Martinelli given that chance. And to be honest, you know, Martinelli is a player that when I, when he came on, I thought was just producing more drive to the Brazilian side. He picked up the ball on the left-hand side, was pushing forwards into the box on the left. And I thought there was something missing before he came on. And I know that Brazil were able to take a fairly comfortable win in the end. And Vinicius Jr. looked dangerous throughout the game. There was just something about Martinelli when he came on that provided a little bit different to what Vinicius was doing. Vinicius very good in the final third. But in terms of progressing the ball up the field, I thought Martinelli added something to that left flank. So maybe Chite will give him a continue, will give him more chances as the tournament goes on. But quite frankly, it is a joke how much quality there is in this Brazil team, especially in the forward line. It's ridiculous how many options they've got in that area of the field. I just can't get my head around. Um, I can't get my head around why uh, or how it's even possible for one nation to produce so many attacking players. But it is what it is. Uh, and England hopefully will be able to match that throughout the course of the tournament with the options that they've got in attack, led, of course, by Bakaya Saka, who will play today and is expected to play. Uh, my understanding is that Gareth Southgate will select the same team, barring any late fitness issues that played against Iran. The expectation is that will happen once again today. Uh, Arsenal and Juventus' is friendly has been confirmed now on the Arsenal website. Uh, they will play one another at the Emirates Stadium on the 17th of December, the day before the World Cup final. Uh, fingers crossed we can be in attendance for that, and that will give us our best chance to look at who is indeed going to be available before that final game, well, before that first game back, really, uh, against West Ham United on Boxing Day. There are competitive fixtures on the dates of the 20th and 21st of December in the Carabao Cup. But of course, we're not in the competition because we were knocked out. Uh, we're still kind of grateful that we were knocked out of that competition. But yes, Arsenal will play Juventus in a friendly 
on the 17th of December at the Emirates. I imagine that you'll be able to get tickets through the Arsenal website and the usual channels when that's available. Kind of like a mid-season Emirates Cup game, if you will. Vlaovic may indeed be there. Of course, he was and came off the bench in Serbia's game yesterday. If Serbia don't make it through the group, it's probably likely that Vlaovic will be in some way involved in that game as well. Uh, now, unfortunately, there is some negative news in Tomiyasu. Uh, he missed training session, the training session of Japan after their Germany win. We're unsure whether or not this is a serious issue, but he was seemingly rushed back to come off the bench in their last game. It may just be precautionary as to why Tomiyasu wasn't involved in the last training session. But of course, he didn't start the game against Germany. He had to come off the bench to help see out uh, the victory in the end. It was... And it is a frustration having Tomiyasu in this situation where you don't really know when he's going to be fit or when the right time to bring him back is. I really can't get any more. I can't think Arsenal can be any more frustrated about Tomiyasu's situation because he keeps coming back, getting re-injured. That calf issue is a problem. And that may be still the problem in the game against Germany. So... Yeah, uh, hopefully he recovers and he isn't rushed too heavily back into things because he needs to be protected for his own well-being and for Arsenal's benefit, of course, as well. And our final story of the day, summing up all of the last news over the previous 24 hours, uh, Danilo and Tielemans giving you a bit of a state of play around both deals. Uh, CBS Sports's Ben Jacobs did speak on Give Me Sport and said the other name that people are talking about from Arsenal's perspective is Danilo. A bit like, I suppose, the Tielemans and Leicester over the summer. It's a case of trying to get a fee that Arsenal feel is of value. And that is where Arsenal are at with Danilo. Is The interest is certainly there. They are intrigued by the Brazilian's profile and have been watching him for a long, long time. And he's been very much recommended by their recruitment and analysts. But I think that it is always going to come down to how much Palmeiras wants. If Palmeiras are willing to come down to a figure that Arsenal are more comfortable paying, of course, a deal can certainly happen. But like Tillemans, Arsenal have been unwilling to match the asking price that Leicester have set on the table on numerous occasions for Yuri Tillemans, hence why they've been willing to wait until the end of the season to potentially sign him on a free contract. For Danilo's side of things, of course, Arsenal do need that January investment. He's on a contract with Palmeiras that will see him run through beyond just this season. So if they want him, they're going to have to pay for him. And that fee could be in the region of 20 to 25 million. It's whether or not Arsenal, Arteta, Edu feel as though Danilo is worth the amount of money that they're ultimately willing to pay for. And that rounds off all of today's stories, which means we're going to move to part two and your questions right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
Okay, uh, let's tackle some of your questions in our chat box as well. I believe it's also Thanksgiving uh, today for those waking up in the western part of the world. I did see a, a post. So apologies if it isn't, but I think I saw a post today suggesting it was indeed Thanksgiving. So if you're celebrating Thanksgiving, I hope you have a fantastic day. Uh, let's go to, let's scroll up. I did see, now Esmond is becoming one of our rather, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? unique listeners on the channel and yesterday's show suggested that we should sell Bakaya Saka and I saw a comment this morning saying we should take Giroud back I feel like Esmond wants to produce a time machine at this stage to pick up Arsenal that are sitting five points top of the table chuck Arsenal into this time machine and then reverse it by about 10 years and go back to when we were fighting for top four if that. It's a bit of a strange one, Jesmyn. I, I really do have to question the motives behind it sometimes. <laughs> NVR says, Tom, does most of the chat aware that FFP is done based on a three-year turnover, so a big January investment isn't impossible? Uh, I don't know. You'd have to ask them, NVR. But what I do know is that FFP, despite, yes, it is certainly done over a certain long period of time rather than just one window, unfortunately, or even fortunately in the case of some, is not particularly that threatening. Uh, really not that threatening at all. I don't really understand why clubs would even fear FFP at this moment because we're in a situation whereby, you know, Man City have got away with so much. Why would we even worry about FFP at this stage? Aya says, I feel like Rafinha would have stepped up leaps and bounds if he uh, chose us and played under Arteta. I feel as though he's regressed since joining Barcelona. What are your thoughts? I honestly haven't seen enough of him at Barcelona. I don't know what his goal record is. Have some quick look. Uh, let's have a quick look at how he's got on since moving to Barcelona this season. Uh, currently has two goals and two assists in 13 La Liga games, 567 minutes of football. Uh, has played in five Champions League games, hasn't got a goal, uh, but has got two assists in the Champions League. Is starting some games, not starting other games. In fact, looking for this, he started one, two, three, four, five, six uh, of a maximum 13 games. So he's not playing loads. When he's not playing, I wonder who is. I suppose it's Mona Dembele is playing instead of him. He's indeed uh, Torres, Lewandowski and Dembele uh, playing across most of their games. Although, wow, I didn't realise in their last fixture against Osasuna, Lewandowski and and who else? Uh, Gerard Piquet both got sent off. That's pretty incredible. Uh, very interesting indeed. See, wow, Lewandowski got sent off in the first 31 minutes of the game. Didn't even know that happened. You see how focused I am on Arsenal right now? La Liga's kind of gone out of my head at this stage. I am going to try and start listening back to the Spanish football podcast that I do listen to to try and get back into things as well. <laughs> Esmond, look, you, can, you, say, you say silly things, I'm going to pick up on them. Lynn says, Tom, if the rumours are about is are true about Arteta and Barcelona, if the board doesn't back Arteta in the way he feels, do you think this could unsettle him? Hmm, I don't think so, Lynn. I think, obviously, there's a little bit of paranoia because we've got a great manager and we don't want to lose him. Barcelona have got Xavi right now. They are planning for the long term, as far as I'm aware, with Xavi. Um, I don't think we should be worried about Mikel Arteta at this moment in time moving on anywhere. Clive, joining us in the chat box this morning. Uh, thoughts on Enzo Fernandez at Benfica as a centre midfield option? What do we think, chat box? Do we rate him? I think actually there was a question that I may have missed because there was, I think I skipped by it yesterday, asking about Enzo Fernandez. Small, technical, uh, good on the ball, good progressor of the ball in midfield. Could he be uh, the midfielder that Arsenal are after? I don't see any real strong links uh, at the moment in time to, to Arsenal, but 
I know that he's someone that people in the chat box have suggested before, Clive. So maybe the chat box can give their thoughts on Enzo Fernandez. Uh, Amira says, have you seen the quotes on Twitter from Tommy Asu saying that he went down in near the end of the game to break up Germany's attacking flow? I don't think he's injured, in my opinion. He's just being given extra recovery time. Of course, that's what we talked about when we covered the story. He was brought on and rushed back because it was thought that he would ultimately help the team and it did work. But we are obviously going to have to wait and see if he's fit or not for the next game for Japan. Uh, Mohammed says, hi, Tom. We're four signings from being ready to compete City for the titles on a regular occasion. So we must do it in January and next summer to be ready. And of course, strong in midfield and the wing positions too. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Masabalele says, hey, Gunas, uh, Tillemans is in great form this season. But I would still like for us to go for a Partey and Xhaka eventual successor who have potential to be world-class. Well, does Tillemans have that potential? For me, Tillemans covers the Xhaka role more so than he does Thomas Partey's role, in my view. Does Tillemans have the potential at a top club to take his game to the next level? I think he certainly does have that potential. Still only 25 years of age. Lots of development still to come from him. I think there's definitely a ceiling that's as high enough that it's worth the investment in the wages that we would have to pay because a transfer fee would be non-existent because, of course, we'll be signing him at the end of his contract with Leicester. Uh, Tom says, uh, Tom, I know it never made business sense, but in players' ability, I'd have had Giroud back at Arsenal every year since he left. There is no better plan B striker anywhere for that handsome Olivier. The thing about Olivier Giroud was, and the problem that we made, is that when we signed Lacazette, the idea is that we would progress beyond what Olivier Giroud provided us with. And it just didn't work. We signed the wrong player. We should have signed Aubameyang instead of Lacazette. Signing both of them was a big recruitment failure, in my view, that ultimately hampered both players because we had to try and accommodate, at times, both players. And the best times that we used them was probably when we were rotating between them, when Aubameyang wasn't playing, Lacazette played up front, and we used to sub uh, Lacazette on towards the end of the game. We were trying to shoehorn both into the team. I don't think we had the best that we could have had on the field at all times, unfortunately. So uh, the mistake we made in not progressing from Giroud was ultimately the Lacazette signing. It was not the one that worked. And uh, I think that probably falls more so on Lacazette than anyone else. Uh, Dave's asking Clive thoughts on Lindstrom so far. And I'd be interested to get some of your thoughts as well on Enzo Fernandez. Anza says, I do rate Enzo. Could be competition for both Xhaka and Partey next season. And that's, I think, the, the thing we're looking to is trying to find that versatile midfield option. Danilo, I like him because I think he can produce performances in competition with Partey and alongside Partey. I think that is ultimately what we want to see. Um, let's go to Lynn, who says, in my opinion, he didn't impress as much for Belgium, being Tielemans, as he does for Leicester. Of course, it was only one game and then the whole of the Belgian team did not look particularly great. Uh, Alpha, okay, makes sense. But to add clarity, we're nowhere near the FFP threshold. Arsenal haven't really made a profit in the last 10 years, but we're at the turning point. Assets like Bakaya Saka have held their value. Absolutely. But we do need to start making more in terms of player sales. We do need to improve in that area. Uh, Oli says, hey, Tom, we need someone to make an impact this season. Tillemans is more likely to make an impact. And I feel that we can go for a better DM in the summer like a Declan Rice. Uh, potentially, Absolutely. We could instead decide to bring the Tielemans deal forwards to January and move for a higher quality deep midfielder in the summer. However, there's no guarantee that A, you can get Rice, B, that a sensible figure will be accepted by Leicester in January, and C, I still think Danilo is a certain, certainly a good option that will provide us with an immediate impact to some degree in that window. 
Uh, Marcus says, is it me or Eddie seems to be coming off the bench less? Summer departure and Balogun getting a chance, maybe. I think that this is the dynamic that Edu needs to work out in the summer. Eddie, Balogun, a decision has to be made because for me, you've given Eddie £100,000 per week, which is not only going to make it harder for him to leave, but it's going to make it difficult, more difficult to find a, a club that are willing to pay the similar kind of wages that he's out. I think that Eddie will probably leave on loan next summer and Balogun might be given a chance, but I don't see both of them being in the squad next season. I think a decision will ultimately be made between the two of them and it's going to be a tri- difficult one to kind of figure out. Uh, World Citizen says, I know absolutely nothing about Danilo, but I'm still excited by the prospect of signing him. I guess this shows that I actually do trust the process. <laughs> Love that. Um, let's go to Aya, who says, who's your improbable slash wish signing in January? I know mine is Joao Felix. Who's yours, Tom? Don't say Zoboslai, please. <laughs> I wouldn't be saying Zoboslai. That, that ship has very much sailed. In terms of a dream acquisition, you know, dream, you're talking about players that are beyond the realms of reality. And Jude Bellingham, for me, would obviously, I think, be that player. Um, but again, it's just so unrealistic. But you did say dream. So I think Jude Bellingham would probably have to be that player. Um, I did omit Partey's performance from yesterday. Uh, and so I completely forgot about the Portugal game, which was actually probably the best game of the day. Uh, Ghana were very, very unfortunate in the end. And if it wasn't for Inyaki Williams's slip, Maybe they would have come out with a, a draw. That said, I do have Portugal in the sweepstake. Uh, so I am slightly hoping maybe they go all the way. That said, it's a real conflict for me because I don't like Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't particularly want him to see him win the, the World Cup. But I do value winning myself over my hatred of Cristiano Ronaldo, to be honest. Uh, let's go to Dan. It says, Tom, how annoyed were you with Richarlison scoring last night? Not very. I'll be very honest, Dan. I didn't particularly care. If he's scoring for Brazil, that's fine. As long as he's not doing it for Spurs, I don't really mind. You know, he's produced, what, two goals, I think, this season for Spurs so far. It's not working for him there. And as long as that continues, I'm happy. I don't care what he's doing for Brazil. That's what it is. Uh, Raf says, thoughts on the quote-unquote lesser nations uh, being a lot more competitive in this World Cup than normal. It's quite interesting. I think one of the reasons as to why that is because of where the World Cup is, or rather when the World Cup is. World Cup being in the winter and in the middle of the domestic season, I think it gives teams that may not necessarily have their, you know, their best players playing um, towards the end of the season. I think being in the middle of a season, you've got players going into the tournament in form, ready, fit, a lot fitter than they would become the end of a domestic league season. So I think it's making games a lot more competitive. So I think that's potentially one of the reasons as to why that's happening. You think it would also have a good impact on the bigger teams too, and I think it is. Certainly look at Spain, you look at England and the response they've had. Brazil, of course, yesterday too. I think we're seeing the benefits of the World Cup being in the winter in terms of uh, the readiness of a lot of the players in the tournament. Uh, Alexandra says, uh, hey, Tom, uh, if we get Danilo or Tillemans, we won't get Jude. Not necessarily. I think that there are two spots. I think there is a spot still to be filled in the midfield. Um, I think there are two spots that could also open up if Elneny and Lakonga are no longer here next season. There is a possibility that that might happen. So I don't think it's not necessarily true that we wouldn't then invest heavily still in a midfielder. I think it depends on spots. You always need to look at spots rather than you need to do with how much money we've spent. And that's why I'm always key not to just fill up a spot in the squad with some random option that might tie us over for a bit. Spots in squads, especially very competitive ones, are important. So when you fill one, you need to fill them with the right player. 
I still think there is a spot available in this squad and I still think others could open up with those that might leave. Uh, Marcus says, what is the stats for 500 people plus watching? We've only got 20 likes. Have we really only got 20 likes on the video for 500 plus? That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Let's have a quick refresh of my stream to see what you guys... There's 69 likes. Of course there is. Uh, (laughs) On the video. Come on, drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already. Show some appreciation for the hard work that goes into putting on these videos every single day for you guys. Uh, and subscribe to the channel if you're new as well. Um, Royce is a bit away from Arsenal, Tom, but who has impressed you the most in round one? Mbappe, Saka, Neymar, or who? I don't know who that is. Rabio, maybe? Uh, Saka, I think, has to take it for me. He's been absolutely excellent in their game, in, in England's game. He was unbelievably good. So, yeah, Saka for me. Uh, and Lydouni of Tunisia. You can't can't sleep on Lydouni, I'm telling you. That guy is, is something special. He's on so much energy. I've never seen so much energy in a player. Uh, so keep an eye out for Tunisia's next game because Laiduni is one to keep on watching. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Anton says, when you see Vinicius Junior and Rodrigo compared to Martinelli, they seem so much stronger and have more power. Do you think Arsenal should focus more in the gym? Do they? I, I didn't notice that at all. I thought that Martinelli came off the bench and was explosive and really confident on the ball. So I I wouldn't necessarily agree with that at all, to be honest. Uh, I think that Martinelli showed explosiveness and strength and speed when he came off the bench as well. So I wouldn't necessarily agree with you, Anton, on that one. Uh, let's go to uh, Moyne says, Hey, Tom, if somehow we manage to sign Jude Bellingham, we need to start a Hey Jude chant, obviously. It goes without saying, that's of course that what would happen. Um, let's go to uh, CM Wargames, who says, Could be the same if some of these teams have improved and teams like Germany or Argentina just haven't played well enough. You know, the thing about Argentina is they went into the tournament as one of the favourites. And the thing is, is that I think they rely very heavily on, obviously, Lionel Messi. And in the second half in particular, Argentina just stopped getting the ball to Messi. And if Messi doesn't get the ball at this stage of his career, he kind of just switches off a bit. And because of that, it's very difficult to, to get your team playing to the absolute utmost if your best player is just not with it in the game. And that's on him. You know, Messi needs to be better. Messi needs to apply himself more. For Germany, they had a lot of chances and they just didn't take them. That's as simple as that. They need to start. It's Canada as well. Like, you know, Canada had so many chances in the game. They absolutely had to try and take those chances. If they didn't, they were always going to run the risk of losing. And that is exactly what they did. And so, unfortunately, all of those things combined and well against Canada in the end, and in those next games that they've got in their group stage against Croatia and uh, who is it? Croatia and Morocco uh, that they've got in their group. They need to make sure um, they need to make sure that they are absolutely uh, on it and, and their finishing has to be a lot better. And that Jonathan David probably takes their penalties rather than Alfonso Davis because as penalties go, it's probably one of the worst penalties I've ever seen. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. We're going to wrap things up there. I'll be back uh, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Bright and early, giving you all the updates on Arsenal in the last 24 hours. Uh, no podcast this evening or this afternoon. I'm out this evening at a drum and bass gig uh it's been a while and it's outside in november it's gonna be a little bit chilly one to wrap up for i think um looking forward to it though i really appreciate uh everyone that tunes into the shows as always do drop a like on the video do subscribe to the channel and make sure you put some money into the uh the time machine fund for esmond uh have a fantastic day people i'll see you very very soon and as always up the arsenal 
It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.